You're listening to the 1010 Podcast with Terry Johnson, daily devotion from Grace Point Church in Wichita, Kansas. Well, hello there. My name is Terry Johnson. I'm a pastor at Grace Point Church here in Wichita, Kansas. We've designed this podcast to be used as kind of a starting point for your daily devotion. Uh, we're going to keep things short each day, as the goal would be that you could listen to this on your drive to or from work, or just really any time during the day. Uh, we're going to read some scriptures, share a few thoughts, spend some time in prayer together, and really give you an opportunity to truly apply it all to your life. So I invite you to join me in my study each day as I walk through the Bible and explore the different parts of Scripture. Well, hey there, it is Monday, February 19th. It's President's Day, day six in our journey to Easter. Thank you once again for joining me today. Uh, You know, I used to not like Mondays. I don't know if you um, are kind of like that. You're uh, not a Monday person. Uh, But I think over the past few years, that outlook has changed a little for me. I don't know what the switch was for me, but uh, Monday isn't a dreaded day for me. Maybe it's because it feels like an opportunity for a fresh start. I, I don't know. I don't typically have many meetings. It becomes a productive day, and I just usually don't. Um, hate Mondays. Um, but regardless, I hope you had an amazing weekend and uh, I hope that you see this day as a new start to your uh, new week. Uh, well, today I'm going to read from John chapter 3. It's uh, possibly a few verses you're going to recognize, but uh, to change things up a bit, I'm going to read again from the message translation, uh, Dr. Eugene Peterson. So uh, take a look or just listen with me. Uh, here we go. There was a man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night, he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher, straight from God. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts as you do if God weren't in on it. Jesus said, absolutely right. Take it from me, unless unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to. To God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? Jesus said, you're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into a new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit and becomes a living spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above, by the wind of God, the spirit of God. Nicodemus asked, what do you mean by this? 
How does this happen? Jesus said, You're a respected teacher of Israel, and you don't know these basics? Listen carefully. I'm speaking sober truth to you. I speak only of what I know by experience. I give witness only to what I've seen with my own eyes. There is nothing secondhand here, no hearsay. Yet, instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. If I tell you things that are plain as the hand before your face and you don't believe me, what use is there in telling you of things you can't see, the things of God? No one has ever gone up into the presence of God except the one who came down from the presence, the Son of Man. In the same way the Moses was lifted, that Moses lifted the serpent in the desert so people could have something to see and then believe. It's necessary for the Son of Man to be lifted up, and everyone who looks up to him, trusting and expectant, will gain a real life, eternal life. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his Son, his one and only Son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. This is the crisis we're in. Godlight streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. Everyone who makes a practice of doing evil, addicted to denial and illusion, hates Godlight and won't come near it, fearing a painful exposure. But anyone working and living in truth and reality welcomes that God light so the work can be seen for the work it is. Hmm. Well, there again, that's probably one of the most familiar parts of Scripture because uh, there's that verse in there, uh, verse chapter 16, that's probably one of the most memorized Scriptures in all of the Bible. But there's some words and phrases that stand out to me. I love how John writes, everyone who looks up to him, trusting and expectant, will gain a real life, an eternal life. Or, God didn't go to all the trouble by sending his son merely to point an accusing finger. The son came to help, to put the world right again. Or anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Or that God light streamed into the world. Or then one of my favorite, anyone working and living in truth and reality uh, welcomes God light so the work can be seen for the God work it is. All good, very descriptive things. And Jesus here is talking about what it means to not just believe in him, but also believe in what God has done for all of us. So what does it mean to believe in Jesus or to have eternal life? Does it mean to believe that he actually existed or to believe that he was a great teacher or to believe that he uh, could heal people, that he um cast out demons, or was it to believe that he actually died? 
Well, I th- think the reality is that all those things are true. And many in the world, including non-Christians, they believe them. But believing in Jesus is much more than just that. 13 verses earlier in this chapter, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. So being born again happens when uh, you not only believe that Jesus existed, but that he is uh, the son of God. Uh, He is God and that he came to earth in a human form to put on flesh that we've been talking about to save us. That he died on the cross, this whole journey to Easter, that he was buried, and then on the third day rose from the dead, and that uh, we are declaring and receiving him as our Lord and Savior. We're saying, look, I believe in the teachings of Jesus. I'm going to choose to follow those teachings. I'm going to choose to live my life like Jesus told us to. And... Honestly, there is a lot of power in living by the teachings of Jesus because we all know, or we should know, or maybe we're conscious at least of this, that he's done so much for us. You know, 1 Peter uh, chapter 2 tells us that he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness Um, And it says, by his wounds, we've been healed. Or later on in Hebrews, it talks about, uh, for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are made holy. I remember early on in uh, my marriage, um, you know, my wife has dishes and things uh, like that. And I remember um, pulling a dish from the cabinet um, it was one of her favorite dishes. It was one that we got. I mean, there was no necessarily history there, but uh, it was some something that she used a lot. And maybe it was expensive. I can't all, remember all the details, but I remember pulling it from the cabinet and um, it, it almost like just fell out of my grasp. And I remember thinking back on this, I remember kind of that slow motion feeling of watching it fall. And anytime we drop something that's... Um, breakable or glass or uh, maybe some kind of a a pottery type thing, Um, you kind of get that, there's that just initial uh, shock. And thinking back in the whole slow motion side, trying to grasp it as um, in midair, but then also jumping back because we know that it's going to shatter into a bunch of pieces as it hits the floor. And probably the most sobering thing of it all is when it actually hits the floor and the sound that we have to deal with. It's kind of that sound that um, you just live with forever. And then there's that moment where you're thinking, I can fix it. Well, you know, some things in life just can't be glued back together, right? At least not easily or not quite as much as or perfect as it was. Well, sin, which violates God's law and nature, it it ravages our souls. It makes um, it makes our souls. It makes our spirit uh, one of those things. It just can't be put back together. Now, apart from Christ, in our sin, we're lost in darkness. We're separated from God in ways that we really can't do anything about. Because sin leads to death, as Scripture says, as it fatally wounds the spirit and the and the soul. But 
God has a plan for people broken. Um, He longs to heal us. He longs to put us back together. He takes all of our wrongdoing on himself at the cross. This is kind of those eye-opening moments as we lead into Easter. You see, the purpose of Easter, the purpose of Jesus' sacrificial death, his death in our place, was to deal with our sin. Christ's wounds heal ours when we place our faith and trust in him to forgive us. So the sacrifice of Jesus makes us right with God and brings us into a relationship with him. It gives us a clean conscience, so to speak. It brings peace with God because of it, uh, we have an assurance um, in our eternity, meaning that we don't have to wonder whether we can be saved because we have this permanent gift of eternal life. So in these ways, the, the person who believes is perfected, is put back together. Uh, it, it, to be perfected in Christ means that uh, even though our sin does remain, its penalty, its power, uh, what keeps us from God is, is ultimately removed by his sacrifice. So Jesus makes us perfect and holy in God's sight and through his death on the cross, paying the cost for our sins. So that's can kind of be related to this whole idea of Monday mornings. Uh, it's a new start. Our life, when we understand who Jesus is and understand and want to follow his teachings, is like the opportunity we have every Monday morning. Um, it's an opportunity for us to take time to reflect on what Christ has done, kind of the past, um, and look forward to this fresh new start. So hopefully those are encouraging words for you on this Monday. Um, as we close out today, let's just spend a uh, few moments here in prayer. Would you pray with me, please? Well, Jesus, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. The opportunity to give us that new start. The opportunity that you come and you put the pieces back together. Even though we're broken, God, you make us whole. And so, Jesus, we pray for that today. That you help us on this Monday to realize that you've given us a fresh start. Just like we have every Monday, but you've given us a fresh start in life. And so, Jesus, for those of us that might not have ever experienced you, We pray that today is a day that we understand your teachings. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, yeah, well, thanks again for hanging out with me today. Hopefully there's some encouraging words. More than anything, my prayer, as always, is that you would experience the fullness of life, the life that Jesus promised in John 10, 10, that he promised to give us. And today you'll see the blessings around you and experience the presence of God in your life. We'll see you tomorrow.